0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. The United Kingdom could be facing an immigration crisis as well, one that actually began, or at least the process started back in 1948, but has only now been been brought to light recently. In the wake of World War II and a shortage of labor, the United Kingdom offered people who lived in British colonies the right to emigrate to the U.K. and have the legal right to remain. But documents showing who these people were have been destroyed and were destroyed, I should say, several years ago. So we really don't know how many there were. But many of those immigrating were children and didn't have documentation in the first place. Now, thousands of people, primarily of dark skin, are fighting for their right to stay in the United Kingdom. It is now known as the Windrush Scandal, named after one of the ships which brought Caribbean immigrants to the UK back in 1948, 70 years ago. To discuss what is going on deeper, we are joined by Tom Brooks, who is a dean of the law school at Durham University in the United Kingdom. He is also chair in law and government there. Terry Givens is provost and professor of political science at Menlo College in California. They're joining me on the phone to discuss this unique case, as well as Randall Hansen, who is interim director of the School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. He's also a full pro- professor in political science. Tom, Terry, Randall, thank you all for your time today pleasure yeah uh tom give us a, a little perspective from from uh, where you are in the uk as to what you've been hearing and obviously i i think for some people here in the united states uh we haven't really been following this closely so tell us what is going on
2: um well it's uh it, it's it's really quite remarkable um <laughs> the whole story i mean effectively um the uk after the second world war with uh um, went to its uh, various colonies uh, trying to uh, bring labor back to help rebuild Britain um, after the World Wars um, and um, from, from all over the world, not just uh, from, from the Caribbean and not just um, the Windrush generation, um, and, and not just in the 1940s as well. So a period of time this was happening. And I suppose you know, it's, it's, a, it's a part of British history that's very important and people know about, but the the problem, the, the current problem, the current crisis and scandal, hasn't isn't one that really kind of came to light until um, really fairly recently, when the um, prime minister, current prime minister, was home secretary. She decided to kind of toughen up on fighting what she uh, saw as illegal immigration. Right. To try to effectively smoke out folks who were in the country unlawfully through a series of um, checks in the country, basically treating many citizens, many people here, as if they were here unlawfully and having to prove that they had a right to be here. And, and the, and the rub is that, that people such as this Windrush generation who came over in the boats, 19, late 1940s and, and so on, um, they, they didn't have any records or nothing was given from the government um, that, automatically to people to confirm that they were allowed to stay. Um, there isn't a national register of who the citizens are. He so had folks who were allowed to stay, did have a lawful right to stay, but didn't have the paperwork uh, to prove it. And what paperwork had existed, the government um, had fairly recently decided to start treading it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so people started losing their jobs. People started to um, be denied things, such as the place not being able to rent, because they had to show uh, nationality to rent uh, properties, having trouble changing their doctor. Um, couldn't open up new bank accounts, get a driver's license if they didn't have one yet, so on and so forth, all requiring these nationality documents that had never been given to them and for which they have also great difficulty getting because the government had up destroy some of the records that they could use to prove that they were allowed to be here and, and lawful and, and some of them citizens.
1: Well, I guess, I guess, Terry, the question is, you know, what are the options here for a lot of these people right now who are, are basically left h- hanging in the middle at this point?
3: Well, what's happening is certain politicians like David Lammy, who is a member of parliament, are basically calling for the Home Office to give these people the opportunity to show that they are citizens and have the right to be there. Um, and so that seems to be the main avenue, is that uh, politicians are stepping in and forcing uh, the Home Office to <clears throat> take action and give these people their rights um, but it's a very difficult situation because some people have uh, actually been in detention and um some people have uh they've been in danger of being deported uh so uh so it goes beyond just uh, losing jobs and so on it's it's uh been a very difficult situation for some people and of course there's the aspect that um the people who, there's concern that people being targeted are, uh, people of color, um, black Britons, <clears throat> excuse me. And so there's, uh, a, a certain element to this that, uh, there's, uh, a, a concern that people who are being targeted are, there's a racial bias to it, but, uh, Yes, politicians are trying to step up and, and help these people so that they can uh, have their status changed.
1: Is it, in your mind, Randall, a, a racial bias, or is it a process uh, of, you know, obviously this, this crunch on immigration that we're seeing both here in the United States, but uh, obviously in the U.K., uh, and, and the concerns that, uh, that some people have right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a highly racialized, as Terry pointed out, effect. But I don't think it's a racial intent. And to really understand this, we need to back up a little bit to 1948, and that's when Britain first introduced its definition of citizenship. Before that, everyone in the UK, and indeed in the colonies, British Empire had been British subjects. What they introduced then was a legal status, citizen, citizenship of the United Kingdom, and colonies. And that meant if you were born then in a British colony, and all the West Indies were colonies then, you were automatically a British citizen and came to the UK as such. The problem actually isn't that generation of people. They came over as British citizens and were recognized as such. It's when they brought their children, they didn't register them, didn't think about registering them, and they weren't British citizens. Lived in the UK, never went abroad, and now they're being hit. And it's mostly a West Indian generation because it was mostly West Indian immigration from the Commonwealth in the 1950s. By the time of the 1960s, when you had Indian and then later Pakistani, uh, sorry, Indian and Pakistani and later Bangladeshi migrants, you already had a different sy- uh, system of immigration control. So this is really one of many stepchilds of empire that you have in the British immigration and citizenship debate.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, the children. Uh, are, are the children uh, of these people, are they feeling uh, the potential of being deported as well, Randall? Oh,
0: yeah, these are the ones who are getting deportation orders. So Tom is yeah. quite right. In, yeah. in 2012, there was a crackdown on, quote-unquote, illegal or what we would call undocumented immigration. And then these people were technically undocumented, yeah. technically illegal, but only because of this odd quirk of nationality law and and immigration so there wasn't any real intention to go after these people they've all been sideswiped with this and the home office, with its usual skill, has handled this absolutely <laughs>
1: disastrously well uh, Tom, uh, Tom, I guess the, the question to ask is is what is what are what are the possible solutions here because you're talking about obviously without documentation, uh, a lot of people that really don't have anything to back up the fact that they or their families came here uh, during uh, the wind rush uh, many, many years ago they are, they are left uh, unfortunately out in the cold. You're right,
2: and they've been left out in the cold, and and, and, um, just about, I mean, I I agree with everything that the other speakers have said, but to just progress a little bit on on, uh, Randall's excellent point there, um, not only is it the case that it's really the children of the folks who came over that are um, the real target of this, and and it's not quite clear still how many have been uh, deported who would have um, uh, citizenship, but it's also the case that after people were here and allowed to, uh, and, uh, as children, and allowed to lawfully be here, um, the government then started to change the rules about um, uh, who was allowed to uh, remain here, who really counted as a citizen or not. They started changing what the definition of citizenship meant um, afterwards to really make this into a great big mess. And I, I think when the government decided to uh, make its kind of crackdown, which I think at the time was, was uh, at least presented as, as, a, as a populist measure to help the, um, the, the Conservative Party win an election. It was something that a lot of immigration being one of the biggest topics of, of public concern and, and, and being tougher on it wins more votes than, than, than not. So it was seen as a, as a kind of a crowd pleaser that was, I think, um, really looking outwards towards the uh, south and the east rather than looking out across the west. I don't think that there was any, even though it's the case, but uh, David Lammy, um, uh, that Terry mentioned, and also Diane Abbott, the uh, Shadow Home Secretary, mm-hmm. both were calling out concerns about um, how uh, people of the winners' generation would be affected. I think the government was really thinking that they were doing something about um, EU migration uh, problems that were, were really uh, probably on their mind um, instead. But what to do about this is, is one uh, really big. Uh, Mess because uh, one, um, it's it's uh, having people prove that they were here uh, before I think uh, 1973. So the government said that anyone from the uh, Commonwealth who was in the country before 1973 um, will be eligible for free citizenship. But that requires people, uh, well, I suppose knowing that they were here before 1973, but then uh, coming forward themselves. There's nothing going to be granted automatically to them, and then proving. That they were. Uh, <laughs> that this is the case. The onus is all mm-hmm. on these individuals yeah. to do this because there is no uh, central uh, record uh, of, of who was here or who is not. Um, and uh, so I think you know it's a, it's a very big uh, problem the government has. And of course, compounded when you think about um, no, almost no one um, from the EU who has uh, freedom of movement to come to the UK. Almost none of them have any records of, of going back and forth because there aren't sure. border checks done in Britain yet. Um, Britain is about to crash out of the uh, European Union one way or another, uh, if we believe the government. And, um, and there's at least three million people that aren't registered either, who might find themselves mm. uh, in detention and yes. sent away. Terry,
3: indeed, that that brings in the whole Brexit issue, right? And, yeah. um we, We're going to have a very complicated situation again with these people who are, are in the country. Um, because of the freedom of movement issue, but also another issue comes up is refugees that have gotten caught up in this situation as well. Um, And so I I think the Home Office is really going to be in a a, a difficult situation here in terms of trying to determine, you know, who is in the country legally, who you've got various categories of people who they have not, figured out how do we deal with these different types of immigration issues, whether it's Windrush, whether it's uh, people who have the freedom of movement uh, issues right. uh, refugees and so on and refugees have there have been a lot of complaints about refugees being treated badly um, and uh, in this context and so I think there's going to be some major issues for the home office and how to deal with this issue going forward.
1: 844-942-7866 is the number to join in with your comments or questions. We are joined on the phone by uh, Tom Brooks, who is from Durham University in the United Kingdom. Terry Givens from uh, Menlo College in California. Randall Hansen from the University of Toronto. Again, 844- 942-7866 or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, Randall, as part of this, uh, from what I understand, I guess you also have the, the fact that the Home Secretary, or at least we've had a switch in Home Secretary, in terms of the person that is handling that position, the person that was in there uh, resigned, and you have a new Home Secretary in there, uh, which I would guess probably has complicated matters a little bit in this.
0: Yes, I mean, technically, um, the Home Secretary had to resign because she lied to Parliament about uh, targets. So uh, once you lie to Parliament... From any ministry, you you need to resign, yeah. and and that's what happened. And what that really flowed from the issue of targets was the Tom that that uh, the point that Tom made earlier, that in 2010, when the conservative liberal coalition was formed, the coalition, but it was really the conservatives, pushed for a commitment to get net migration under 100,000 uh, 100, dollars. Excuse me, 100 <laughs> jet lag, just yeah. from Tel Aviv, 100,000 people per year. And this was ludicrous for two reasons. One, net migration is an awful measure because you can't control emigration. I mean, how many citizens just decide to leave or not? So when the economy is doing well and people stay home, your net migration goes up. Uh, Secondly, when you have free movement from the European Union, you can't control that migration. So given the absence of control over EU migration, the government tried to hammer any category that, over which they did have control, yep. and that was basically uh, students, family members, and the undocumented. So this was all driven by this absurd promise, the second most ludicrous promise the Conservative Party made the first, obviously, being to hold a referendum on membership of the European Union. Well,
1: and also, Terry, I mean, obviously, the reaction from a lot of the the British colonies uh, around the world obviously is not being received very well. I should say their, their, uh, their answers are obviously uh, not... Uh, sitting well because they are angered that a lot of these people that that made this move uh, over the course of the last 70 years, and obviously children of these people, uh, are being treated this way in what they consider to be still their homeland, being the UK.
3: Yes, indeed. And Theresa May has had to make apologies and so on. And um, you know, this is obviously a very difficult situation. You know, they don't want to see, um, people being deported back to their countries. It makes them look badly and it's a, it could, it could easily become a difficult, you know, since we're talking about business and the economy, I mean, it could become a difficult economic situation. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if we think about how, over time, these countries have depended on things like uh, remittances and the back and forth of people uh, to Britain. Um, it's uh, you know it's it has a, it is there is an important economic component to this of people living in the UK being able to go back and forth and so on.
1: There is also seemingly a concern, Tom, by a lot of these other British colonies of whether or not, and getting back to something we were talking about, is whether or not that that this kind of bears out a history of maybe underlying racism within the United Kingdom over over the decades.
2: Sure. Um, absolutely right. I mean, um, certainly not being treated uh, well at all. Um, you know, it, it's a, um, I think the government has been really uh, hammered um, by um, by well, accusations of the um, racism and, and certainly um, the mistreatment of people who've uh, been in this country since 1940s, who have paid taxes, contributed, helped rebuild the country. I mean, David Lammy, the Labour MP, uh, Terry notes, um, been very eloquent on this point, noting you know that um, you know that uh, the people were helping um, the, the people who came over, the Windrush generation, helped rebuild Britain. Didn't just build that; they also. Um, helped build um, the, the British Empire and, and Commonwealth, and, and not always by choice. Um, and, and here they are in, in this country, doing you know through no fault of their own, um, being sent back. And there was really um, you know a particularly outrageous. Um, uh, I mean, it's hard to know what's the most outrageous thing that's happened in this scandal. But one of the one of the uh, kind of shocking um, truths that's come out of this is the Home Office. Produced a document for folks who were being, who were potential to be deported back to Jamaica, who might not have ever lived in Jamaica or not been in Jamaica since they were two or three years old, but you know now were um, but have been in Britain for more than half a decade uh, more than half a century, and being told to uh, you know kind of mimic the local accents to help fit in to a country that they had never yeah. known about before, so as to help them integrate back into society when they had integrated here this is their home. Uh, in the u k so it's um it, it certainly um has put the u k in an absolute uh, terrible light and I think that immigration as an issue that um you often have as a often have polarized debates on over here between the the right and the left and and different perspectives this is one of those uh issues where i think the right and the left uh, the newspapers and the tv channels and the radio stations and elsewhere have been pretty uh, uniform in just condemning the government for uh uh cracking down on this particular uh group of people um, and the way uh that it's done so though the irony is as much as there is this kind of real outrage rightly so uh for um, the detention and um removal it would seem of several we don't know how many people in order to uh, meet uh, these uh, goals of uh, reducing net migration that the government has and was a manifesto commitment in its election promises, you don't see any uh, calls from the Conservative Party or their supporters to end the so-called hostile environment mm-hmm. uh, treatment, and you're not seeing um, some kind of you know, relaxation. Um, Of of much of the measures that that led up to this, the irony being, if they don't change their tune fast, they're going to have, if they think this is a big problem, and it is a very big problem, it's going to explode uh, with Brexit, uh, where you've got um, millions of people that could be swallowed up into this at the
1: same time. Yeah, and, and go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was going to add to that indeed, and and the right-wing papers, the Daily Express, the Daily Mail, the Daily Telegraph, that are shedding crocodile crocodile tears at the moment (laughs) are precisely the papers that fomented this awful xenophobic climate by leading Mm -hmm. editorial campaigns and front-page campaigns and publishing lurid (laughs) stories about immigration. So the outrage on the right in the U.K., uh, I can't. I can't take seriously. So, they, they help cause this
1: problem. <laughs> so then, what do you think is the solution? I mean, because you're, I, I think a lot of people would believe. Okay, you have a, a large group of people that seemingly have had relations being in the United Kingdom for decades. Uh, there has to be some way to be able to solve this, and whether that is, you know, allowing them to, uh, you know, the ability to come back and and recertify their uh, their citizenship in the UK. I'm not sure how you go about it. But Terry, I'll start with you. How, do you. how do you try and solve this?
3: Well, I think the government's going to have to give them the benefit of the doubt here. They can't expect these people to find documents that they themselves have shredded and um, I think that, like I said, you know, the politicians are going to have to step in and support these people in working with the Home Office, as they already have. But I, I think they're just going to have to give in and say, OK, we're, we're you know, for certain people, we're going to have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then you know, the, the broader problem is going to be how the government's going to deal with this as Brexit moves forward. And for that, I, I'm not sure how the government's going to handle it, because it's really just going to be a huge mess.
2: Tom, your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I, I agree with with all of that. I mean, the government's plan for Brexit—if that's a clue to what's the the the, the clearest, most. Uh uh, uh, you know, technologically savvy answer to these, uh, questions. Uh, they're, they're proposing, they don't, they still haven't developed it yet, an app that people will be able to use on their smartphones as if they all, everyone has one, um, to help register themselves as a European Union citizen, um, and that will kind of do something. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, none of the other e-borders related stuff they've tried to do has worked or has been able to be, uh, rolled out. I think, um, this idea of, of, of benefit of the doubt is right. I think, um, there'd be worse ideas and than granting some kind of amnesty. this, this country doesn't have a, um, a register of, of who's this who, who's citizens and who's not doesn't have a list uh, of, of, of things to kind of uh, go by, whether it be for eu citizens or the windrush generation or or those in between or even before and so in uh, the absence of a list. Um, which wasn't as such a problem for anyone who might be happy to live and work here, but and, and uh, but wasn't planning to to travel abroad, wasn't right. so much a problem. It became a problem when the government decided to uh, change its its policies for. Um, doing um, opening up a bank account, renting accommodation and other types of things. And I think they made a mistake of uh, proceeding uh, along with a, a series of proposals as part of what they what they call themselves a hostile environment uh, for immigrants to um, to kind of remove folks who are here unlawfully without thinking through the the effects. I think what they should do is end the hostile environment uh, immediately right. um, and, and have something else in place um, or do or have an amnesty.
1: Randall, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, much the same.
0: I mean, it's very hard to, um, I mean, I, we have to think about how an amnesty would work in, in practice, and I think there's, there's two things the government could do. One is to take an incredibly liberal view of documentation, uh, you know, so there will be school records, there there might be letters from priests from the 1960s or 70s, any documentation that establishes a meaningful connection to the United Kingdom in that period should be taken into account. Um, For the people in the U.K., that will be relatively easy. Uh, For the people who are already back in the West Indies and want to return, that will be more complicated. And the further thing we do need to bear in mind is that uh, if one is overly generous in the definition of who could come and who could stay, uh, the U.K. might face, might, I don't know, uh, a wave of migrants from the West, West Indies who try and take advantage of the situation and slip right. in and it might create a new migration crisis, so we can 't be can 't be completely blind to that
1: Tom, what about uh, other immigrants to the u k other nationalities that that have come there in the last you know several decades are are they impacted by this as well um well potentially i mean the government's has proposed a uh, and, and made an official statement that
2: they'll have a effectively a blanket view for anyone from the Commonwealth that was in the UK before 1973 uh, will be allowed to um, apply for citizenship for free and and uh, so well yeah, not having to pay the fees that they shouldn't have to pay anyway and and won't have to take a citizenship test that wasn't uh, something that Britain had until. 2005. So I suppose that's a that that's better than than nothing right. at all, but um, but not much better than than that. So it's it's good. It's for all Commonwealth countries and not just um, for the Windrush generation. So uh, that's one of the things that they're trying to do to to draw a line under this. The other thing that the government has done is the new um, uh, Home Secretary, um, who is the uh, first um, uh, ethnic minority person to have a senior uh, uh, Secretary of State role in Britain. The first. Um, muslim uh, home secretary in in uh, british history he uh, he is, his father himself was uh, an immigrant to britain and he, he's uh, he's claimed that he doesn't like the the language of the hostile environment and right. we're drawing that to an end but he hasn't changed any policies so i think that if they've, they've um, so things are you know things do extend to other groups as well um uh, it's not just to uh, to 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 one it's to all but uh, uh, But but how far it really goes and how many people really get assisted, I think it's still too early to tell. We
1: still don't know how many were deported. Great having you all with us today. Thank you very much, Tom and Terry and Randall. Thank you again for your input. My pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.